It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the final pre-season episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark and Ryan here and Ryan, mate... uh... Six days from now, we will have team lists and we'll be, uh, you know, answering a thousand frantic questions on the, the socials, mate. Are you pumped? Are you ready to go? Have you put oh. in for your holidays from work yet? What's going on? Mate, I'm very excited. It's like the week before Christmas. I think, yeah, we're, we're going to have to take a week off just to answer all the DMs we're going to be getting next week, I think. Oh, mate. Yeah. I think I'm just going to have like, like a copy and paste message, like, please refer to website. <laughs> Just cut, cut and paste a link, but no, I'm just kidding. It's going to be great. I'm I'm really excited for it. Obviously, we've had some huge news break today, but we won't um we won't spoil that. We'll cover it when we get to it because we are a professional outfit, and uh, you know we have a <laughs> a plan a plan. Mate, we've always been professional. Uh, so mate, I, I, for anyone who's new to the show, uh, we've just uh, you know obviously formed our brand new relationship with punt club who's uh come on board here and obviously we just want to touch on them first so ryan 20 seconds or less mate explain how the punt club uh idea works yeah so it should be a bit of fun um basically you buy in for as many shares as you want up to uh i think i think it's capped at 50 shares so one share equals 20 dollars um you we jump in should be a bit of fun but something social um Basically, yeah, we pull our money together. We have a bet. Um, we'll be talking about it on the podcast, picking our bets of the week, and um, throwing it to you guys as well in our Facebook group. And uh, hopefully, well, I don't, I don't say hopefully, we will. We're going to uh, hopefully make some money, and um, yeah, we'll gets paid out at the end of the season. Yeah. So basically, whatever shares you buy in for by the end of the year, however much the pool is, you'll get paid out your percentage of the pool that's there based on how many shares you own. So if you own one share and there's 100 100 shares purchased, you get 1% of whatever's in the pool. So we'll keep you updated through the year. Um, And if you guys think we suck through the year and and you want to sack us, um, which I'm sure won't happen, then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll probably ignore your complaints and and keep going anyway. But (laughs) Yeah, we're uh, we're, over over 50 (laughs) members now have joined up in less than a week. So, yeah, exciting times. Mate, yeah, it's going absolutely gangbusters. So uh, obviously all you need to do with that is have a Ladbrokes account. You can get a Ladbrokes account if you're in New Zealand as well, which is great stuff. Basically just have to sign up to Ladbrokes, whack 20 bucks in there or more if you want, but gamble responsibly. And then, uh, yeah, link it up to Punt Club. Jump on our socials. There's links everywhere there. And, um, you know, we'll obviously make sure to to keep pumping the the link out so you know where to find it. But just jump on the Facebook or whatever and, and find us or, uh, yeah, We'll, uh, we'd love to have you. Hopefully we can make you some money. Ryan and I, we spent enough time looking at football. You'd think we'd be able to get it right by now, you have to imagine. So, mate, uh, what we're going to do today is basically just go through a, a quick rip through of the rises and falls from the preseason, any notable you know, injuries through the trials and who's likely to replace them, all that sort of stuff, and, and give you the keynotes. Obviously, we've we've covered all of these teams and players in painstaking detail since December. So, you know, if you're wanting any knowledge about specific players, I put a post up last night while I was making my tacos uh, and, and got a nice response there with people asking about players. So put it on there or just go to the bloody website because there's write-ups on every player you could possibly imagine on there. So that's uh, 
www.amateursfantasysports.com backslash NRL. Just click on whichever team you want and, and go there. And if the player you're looking for is not listed, uh, it means that we don't think they're playing round one and therefore you shouldn't, they shouldn't be in your team. Ryan, mate, starting yes, off mate. with the Broncos. Yes. Uh, who is, who's, I mean, obvious, there's an obvious biggest riser here uh, from the Broncos in uh, Billy Walters, who looks likely to take the sixth jersey. Uh, but, I mean, you know, at 240K, it's as simple as, you know, if he's the number six, whack him in. If he's not, don't whack him in. Uh, mm-hmm. But, mate, is there anyone else for the Broncos that stood up to you as being a riser this preseason? Yeah, I think uh, I think Kobe Hetherington's an interesting one. Um, he's definitely one that I think has piqued the interest of a lot more people um, after the two trial games. I think prior to the trial games, um, you know, all we had was the data to go off of last year. He, he didn't he didn't look like a super good buy. Um, you know, like he his PPM wasn't great, but he, he seems to have improved that um, so far in the trials. And if we're sort of projecting an increased PPM for these middles, you know, like say like a Jake Dubrovic that we've been going on about, then I have to think then there's going to be a little bit of a rise for um, old Kobe as well. I'm still not sure if uh, if I'm on board there, but it seems like a lot of our uh, listeners are. Yeah, mate, I'm still firmly in camp, no thank you, with Kobe Hetherington. Um, I'm at the point where I'm going to stop trying to talk people out of it because, I mean, I can see how it could happen. And I spent a lot of time trying to convince people that Brian Toto was a bad buy last year and we saw what happened there. Same thing with Nathan Cleary. But, you know, I think the reversion back probably suits Hetherington's play style, but I just worry about his minutes in a pack that has two 80-minute edge back rowers, Payne Hartz and Pat Carrigan, not to mention Flegler, Ryan James and TC Rabati or whoever else they managed to put in that last little spot there. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with their last spot. So, Matt, I'm not excited about Hetherington. I can understand why you'd want to get him. But I think just, you know, with the amount of options, I'd be more inclined to go either cheap or cheaper or better, not not with Kobe. That's just me. Uh, for me, my biggest riser this preseason has to be Payne Haas. Uh, obviously, last year he had a quote-unquote down year and average 61.7. Uh, comes in price at 63, which I thought was a little bit over. But, mate, he just looks so fit. And, I, I mean, he's kind of – the thing with Haas is I think we haven't necessarily seen the best of Payne Haas yet. Mm. Uh, he feels like a guy who will score better with other good players around him. Uh, and I just – yeah, I, I think if the Broncos can – and, I mean, it, you know, you can't really blame him for losing to the Cowboys juggernaut in the trial game, but I mean, uh, st- hashtag still undefeated 2022 Cowboys. Uh, but um, mate, he just, he looks like he's ready to rip in for a season. And I mean, he, he can, uh, he can be 1.07 PPM, you know, if he's, if he's on his game and, and not being pushed to that 80 minutes, so which he's not going to be. So I think the sweet spot for him is going to be 63, 65 minutes, somewhere in there for the Broncos this year. And I can see him averaging 67, 68 points in that 63 minutes as long as the Broncos are, you know, in the 7 to 12 spot on the ladder. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I, and I think that's one of the big reasons why I think the Broncos can improve this year. If we do see the best out of Haas, they've got the pack to improve. Like one of the best packs in the league on their day. Yeah, no, agree. What about anyone that is a faller for you this preseason for the Broncos? Um. I don't know if there's anyone that really stands out to me as a faller. Maybe I guess Ryan James. We were thinking about him for a little while, yep. but he's he'd be mine. So 
But I mean, yeah, like no, he, we, just, were, we were only considering like him as a buy for. No, we were only considering him for a buy for about a week until till that first yeah. trial. Then we we're all like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, good. But you know, sometimes you need to see that, and that's what we talk about with the eye test. You see that, and you go, yeah, okay, cool. We're not going to do that, and we'll just move along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So into the Raiders, obviously, Ryan, you can you can kick us off. The big news, obviously, from the Raiders today, uh, it's just broken. And, and this is why we intentionally put the podcast off a day was so we could uh, capture this news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so from David uh, Polkinghorn, I'll give him the credit. He's a, a sports reporter for the Canberra Times. Um, he's reporting this afternoon that Brad Schneider, 240K, will be the halfback for the, uh, for the Canberra Raiders in round one replacing the injured Jamal Fogarty, which is just huge for fantasy. Uh, uh, everyone get Brad Schneider on your team right now. Yeah, so obviously he comes in. His reserve-grade stats are absolutely awesome. So full credit to Rugby League Fantasy Pro website. He's got all the uh, reserve-grade stats on there. And I think he's mid-40s to 50 average sort of player. He can goal kick, probably won't goal kick. Mm. But, you know, uh, obviously uh, he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot. But, mate, it, it sort of brings in... A question, and I guess I'll. I'm going to try and stick to the teams here, but it might mean that some of these other guys who are more expensive in the halves that are cheapies before, like right now, there's four of them, and mm. I don't necessarily think you need all four. No. So, yeah, I'll. We'll, but we'll, I guess we'll come back there. So, um, but yeah, my. Uh, so obviously, Brad Schneider, big riser there, um, and uh, I mean, obviously. I don't, know. I don't know if I can put Xavier Savage in there because they seem pretty intent on playing Chance Nickel Cockstar at a fullback. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess he he's really he's really it. I don't know if I have any other Raiders. No, I yeah. don't have any other Raiders. I think I think Savage is just one of those guys you need to leave alone until he eventually does get that fullback jersey. Um, yep. Yeah, if, if he's on the wing, just yeah, don't touch him. I, I guess the only other one in the Raiders side that. Uh, you know, I did a in focus article about the other day is Tom Starling. He's a very yep. interesting prospect if he gets the right role. It's just that you've literally got no idea what Ricky Stewart's actually going to do. No, exactly right. Yeah, and you and you re- you can't really trust him. And that put a, sort of brings me to my faller, which is Corey Harrower and Ira. Um, I really think uh, he's not going to be the back rower this year. I think it's going to be uh, Adam Elliott. And it's going to be Harry Wernara on the bench or in reserve grade or at number 18. So. Yeah, it seems like uh, Ricky's sort of sick of him already, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, he sort of doesn't really play Ricky Ball. Mm. You know, he's kind of, I think they were hoping to replace John Bateman, but they've done that with Hudson Young. Yeah. And they yeah. kind of need that no frills guy now, like the. You know the whitehead, but not slow as shit. So that's that's Elliot. What that's that's Adam Elliot, and then yeah, Hudson Young's playing the Bateman role. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Schneider's going to line up on the right hand edge outside Adam Elliot or with Adam Elliot, which I don't know that maybe that brings a point of interest there. But yeah, probably just an avoid for everybody but Schneider on this Raiders team, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Unless you're feeling you uh, on... particularly ballsy with <laughs> Starling. No. What, what What are your thoughts on Tarpany? I've seen TK seems pretty excited about him. And, I mean, if you put in just his prop stats and look him up, it looks really good. But if you include the lock stats, the lock ones are really bad. And I just wonder if together they make a an accurate look of what he's going to be, which is a, 
about one PPM, but, you know, maybe he's going to get 50 minutes up and down, you know, kind of try scoring tackle, you know, attacking stat reliant, you know, if they're winning by a lot, he's liable to get a rest. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to get the minutes. Um, if, you know, if you could uh, guarantee him for about 50 minutes, I'll, I'll, what's his, he's priced at 47. If you could like, you know, guarantee him for like that 55, you know, between 50, 55 minute roll, you know, I'd, I'd be seriously yeah. considering him, but yeah, just Ricky with his props, they just sort of never play consistent minutes. They're usually always all over no. the shop. Um, yeah. I just can't trust it. Yeah. No, I'd love to have it. I'd love to do it. I really would, yeah. but I just can't, I can't. All right. Now the Bulldogs, obviously <laughs> we had um, Tavita Pangai Jr. doing his best to scare <laughs> people out of purchasing him. Um, are you, are you afraid or not afraid of Tavita Pengai Jr. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty afraid after what I saw <laughs> in a bloody troll game. <laughs> I tell game. you, I you know, I and I knew the answer before I looked it up. But who's not on the Footy Statistics website? You know, they got the like the most sold players recently. Tavita Pengai yeah. is at number one with a bullet, and it's not oh, particularly wow, close. Yeah. Minus yeah, four to four and a half percent. Four four point four percent of people have sold him recently, which is, uh, and I'm I'm shocked it's not more. So he's down to eleven point four, which is approaching pod territory at this point. It is. Um, oh. Like how scale of one to ten, how ball, how big do your balls have to be to start with Pengai? Um, jeez, oh, I mean somewhere between uh, Starling and. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably a little bit below Starling, I think. <laughs> mm. so maybe, maybe, a, maybe a seven. Yeah. Wow. All right. So the um, Jojo Fafida from the Titans, who's going to be no absolutely no chance of getting a jersey round one, is now more highly owned than Tavita Pangai. <laughs> That's always the way, though. Yeah. Blake Taff, Isaiah Tass, Joseph Suwali, mm. all players own more. Howarth still at 27.6%. Man, some people are going to be absolutely tearing their teams apart on, on Tuesday next week. Is he going to sucker a lot of people in by like getting a spot in round one because of all these suspended blokes? Absolutely. Then, absolutely. Oh, jeez. Maybe with rough. Brandon Smith being named, like getting out of his suspension, maybe maybe that might save him. Mm. Um, but he doesn't play for the Bulldogs, so moving along. Uh, mate, who's your biggest riser for the Bulldogs? Um. You have Question. one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can say no thank you if you want. Yeah, I'm scrolling my list here. I, I guess Max King is the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Good good call. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, there's there's not a lot, a lot going on um, other than, you know, say like a Matt Burton, I, I guess is going to be very popular. Yeah, but is he a riser or a faller for you? Um. Well, I guess based on our Hot Takes podcast, for me, he'd be a faller. Um. Yeah, and in that troll game, like again, it's just a troll game. Got to take it with a grain of salt. But that game against the Sharks, it didn't uh, fill me with a lot of confidence either. Um, you know, I, I, for mine, I still, I, I think he's going to end up being a keeper center. But um, I, I just, yeah, I've got Aiken well in front to start the year at least. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, he's somebody I'll be looking for about round ten, I think. Yep. Yeah, Somewhere target for the buys. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. No, thank you for me. Uh, he's my he's my big faller. I'm I, I don't have any bulldogs in my team aside from Max King, and I'm not upset about that at all. 
usually a good spot to be. Yeah. Uh, Sharkies. Uh, big riser, Nico Hines. Yeah, got to be, doesn't or, it? Or just doing what he, what we expected him to do. Yeah, I guess it's not really a rise, is it? Because this is just sort of what we expected. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's just staying steady. But well, mate, steady he, is very he's, the, he's the number one who's hot percentage change recently. So he's got a little flame next to him. So obviously, yeah. uh, obviously the people do think he's rising in value. So I wonder I if that's a, a reflection of Pappenhausen. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, you know, I guess maybe a sneaky riser could be Teague Wilton with uh, the Wade Graham injury if he does get that yep. edge spot. Yeah, um, all right. I, I think he will get the edge spot. I'm prepared to say that he's going to get it. My worry is that he's not going to get it for long enough. I mean, how long what do you happens, think he needs? It, all right, well, this is what happens, right? Is He's already priced at 40. So even if he goes out and puts up four high 40 scores in a row, Wade Graham comes back, he goes to the bench, plays one game off the bench for 15 minutes for 10 points and just absolutely craters any of his price rises. Well, wasn't the physio saying like round six to eight? I saw the physio oh, saying today. It's, it's so uh, a cinder's mo- one of those injuries is six to 10 weeks. That's the, in, that's the return time frame mm-hmm. from, from whenever they have the surgery. DC did it in five and a half weeks when it was that origin that he, I think he missed origin two and had to get back for origin three. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the series was on the line, and he yeah he just rehabbed the absolute shit out of it and got out got back in five and a half weeks, um, but you know it's fairly normal for them to be six to seven weeks at the moment. Um, I guess the only thing with the sharks is obviously they've, they've got a bit of a embarrassment of riches there on in terms of quality of the back row, so they might be able to you know wait a little bit, but you know no McInnes. Uh, you know, they're missing another couple of guys on top of Wade Graham as well early early round. So I wonder if maybe it's going to be that, you know, maybe they're going to be under pressure at the start of the year, lose a couple of games in a row, and they're going to be looking for, you know, to get their best team on the park as quickly as possible. Yeah, possibly. I mean, like round six, they've got Melbourne. Round seven, they've got Manly. So, I mean, those are two pretty tough games you probably mm. want to have your best team on the park for. Yeah, I, my, just, my worry is like, say, let's say he's having, when's he having surgery on it? Like it'd have to be. You'd think this week. Tomorrow. Yeah, like you know, even if it's even if it's you know, let's say it's Monday. You know, that's round one. So you know, six weeks after that. So that, yeah, that's the Melbourne game. So he's got five, maybe five games mm. of of Teague Wilton, which is you know, but you don't think it's going to be Monday. It's only Wednesday today. You could have it Thursday, Friday, and then it's you know, maybe it's round four. You know, like if they have a yeah. Sunday, when do they play on the sun? Like what r- round four? Play on but this is the thing: if four. yeah, if you're splitting hairs in terms of round four or round five, that probably tells you everything you need to know about whether you should be buying that player. Particularly when you got guys like you know Eli Katoa and Bo Fermor who have a you know minimum. You know, Bo Fermor more than likely will be there for the entire year, and his questions more just around where his upside is. And Eli Katoa is, you know, at least round eight to ten, if not the entire season, and on that right edge back row. So I just think, you know, there's no necessarily, you know, any good reasons can be negated by reasons not to. I think for me, fair enough. What about Andrew Fafida? Do we think he's gonna? Is, is this the year? Were we just a year too early on him? 
<laughs> I think so. I yeah, mean, we were talking about him last year. Oh, geez. I hope he gets into the squad, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, a little bit skeptical once they get everyone back, like Talakai Tolman. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Because he, he did look very good in the trial, didn't he? He looks uh, sort of back to normal. Yeah, he looks like old Fafita. But like, and this is the thing like, if you're expecting 65 to 70 minute, you know, 75 average Fafita. That's not that's not that's not him anymore. But you know, there's no reason that he can't play 27 minutes and score 32 points. Hmm. Yeah, and that's absolutely. him. That's that's him. But He'll I guess, like, you know, the question there is, you know, once McKinnon's uh, McKinnis is back, you know, because when is McKinnis supposed to be back? Around round four, five, something like that. Yeah, round four, five. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just I'm just not too sure. I think. I, I want it to happen. I'm just scared it's a trap. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely could be a trap. 100%. Yeah. Mm. But I guess it comes down to what cheapies we get six days from now as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have, at worst, Schneider, Max King. That's the wor- like, probably the worst case scenario. Mm. And then there'll be some sort of combination of Billy Walters, Andrew Fafita, Vilea, um, in terms Billy of the 240K S. guys. Um, oh, no, well, yeah, he's yeah. kind of—he's kind of almost a mid-ranger at that point at three hundred. So that's just the two forty k guys. So I think best case scenario we get five. Worst case scenario we get two. So mm. well, it would be interesting to see how it goes. Um, is there anyone f- that f- has fallen for you in the sharks? Uh, not overly. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess like just the injured blokes. Like, I, I wouldn't say they've necessarily fallen because of performance. It's just you know they're injured, like yeah. uh, Wade Graham, McInnes. Um, you know, you just can't touch them anymore for round one. But um, other than that, no, it's been pretty much par for the course for uh, for the Sharks. Cool. Uh, Gold Coast Titans. Uh, what's your what? Do you, what are your thoughts around them? Anyone really stuck out for you this preseason? Well, I mean, it's a bit unfortunate because we only got the one preseason game out of them because of uh, the Warriors mm-hmm. game being cancelled because of all the bloody rain. Um, I mean, we don't really have much of a data sample because we only got about 40 minutes, if less, for a lot of these guys in that one preseason. So, yeah, I don't know. It's been a little bit as normal. I guess David Fafita was phenomenal in the All-Stars game. But, yeah, other than that, we don't really have much data. No. No, and it makes it hard. But, I mean, you know, obviously Sexton did enough to show us that he can score without really doing a lot, which is what we sort of needed from him. Uh, and, I mean, Fafita, if he managed – the other Fafita, if he managed to get us into spot, he would be great. But I just don't, obviously don't think he's going to beat out Herbert or um, – who's your other bloody centre? Somebody Kelly. good. Your man. Kelly, that's him. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, so obviously he's going to have to wait in line for an injury or something, and hopefully we'll 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 hang on for him mid season. But I think that's it's pretty much going to be it's going to be as per program for the Titans. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Manly. I, I mean, I'd like to say Cooler is a riser, but I just don't think he's going to get the job. I think Brad Parker's going to be back there. Yeah, I think he has to be. You know, like, like he hasn't done anything to make him not there. Is is more the problem? Like, mm. he'll need to wait for an injury, and I think if he gets an injury and then he comes in and plays well, he's going to be hard to displace. But I think they've got to go with the the benefit of the doubt, particularly given the really tough schedule start of the year. Yeah. So I mean, 
Well, I guess it's um, I guess it's Bullymore, isn't it, for the rise up? Yeah, yeah, Bullymore is the the standout here, isn't he? Um, you know, with Schuster and Olakawatu. Do we know how long Olakawatu's out? It's only a couple of weeks, isn't it? It's about the same amount of time as Schuster. Schuster, yeah. So I guess with those two out, um, yeah, you're just hoping Bullymore can play some big minutes on that edge, and then when he uh, mm. moves back to the bench, you'd assume you know he's back to the bench in a forward capacity that he's he's getting um, you know thirty five odd minutes. Um, <laughs> if not a little bit more. Yeah, you really need to be like sort of expecting with him three to four games on the edge and mm. then, you know, some 20 minute, 25 minutes off the bench in the middle to finish off the price rises. That's 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 what you're getting. If you're expecting a season-long back rower, don't expect that. You might get it, but don't expect it. Yep. So, I mean, that would be the dream, obviously, but, you know, it's more than likely not going to happen. Mind you, four weeks is a lot of time for Kieran Foran. <laughs> that is true. We could get Josh Schuster at, uh, at 5 8. It's a huge amount of time for Kieran Foran and Lachlan Kroger and Daly Cherry Evans and Tom Trebojevic. It's a massive amount of time for those guys. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Just, put t- you know, play it as it lies there with cooler guys. You know, just, we'll, we'll just, you know, TBA. Uh, there's not really anybody else uh, with and with Bullymore. So I mean, it's 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 not. Uh, there's not really any. I don't have any manly players, and and I sort of haven't really had any all preseason. Yeah, I've had Bullymore in and out of my side. I mean, I've basically uh, wiped my side now. Just with uh, I've got about ten players who I think are locks, and um, everyone else. I'm mm. just waiting till uh, till teamless to round it out. But um, I guess if I was to pick a faller, I, I think it'd be Tom Travoyevic. Um, you yeah. know, like based purely on the you know the preseason games what we've seen so far, like he he's looked phenomenal. Like he's put on some good plays, but um, if you're looking at the fantasy scores that he's putting up while putting up big plays, he's you know it's, it's been a little bit of a regression there. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's I, a I, lot I, of tackle busts in that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of tackle busts in that sample size from last year. Yeah, and absolutely. a lot of tired defensive lines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think I've uh, I've got more faith in on in his brother Jake Trebojevic having value than Tommy. Oh God, that is a that is a flame. I thought we did the flaming hot takes last week, mate. Having value, you heard, I, I, you heard <laughs> he's not first here. Ryan says Jake Trebojevic is a better fantasy asset than Tom Trebojevic. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what I'm going to name this show which Trebojevic is the best one again? Question mark. Ben. Ben. Yeah, he's injured too. Look at him go. What a what a champion. Um, yeah, nah, I reckon moving on to the storm. Mate, the yep. uh, the biggest faller has to be Ryan Pappenhausen uh, based mm. purely off the speculation that he's not going to be available week one. Although he did manage to get out a round of golf the other day. Yeah. You have to think. You have to think the ankle can't be that bad. But mind you, from experience, there's not a lot of athletic toll uh, on a game of golf except for when you're running after your ball when you hit it in the wrong direction or, you know, you're trying to retrieve it from the, the water hazard or whatever, but, um, you know, or when you're trying to outrun somebody smacking it at you while you, <laughs> while you're going to try and find it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we, we can get through 18, <laughs> so I, I guess it yeah. can't be that hard. No, no, no. But um, yeah, obviously Pappenhausen, if he's named week one, you, he's locked in for you. Yeah, I think so. Just because of the lack of, uh, like wing fullback options that I consider, you know, good prospects. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if he's e- even if he is there, I think I'm still going to roll with Hines. I think I'll um, maybe just yep. get rid of an Offaluma. Um, but yeah, That's my big three at the moment. 
Yeah, I've got. I've got I think we've got the same back three: Heinz and Offaluma and Stephen Crichton. Um, just because I don't really see anyone else that's that great, but yeah, I think Pappenhausen will be in there if he's fit and healthy, ready to go. Yeah, no, I got Pap, Heinz, and Offaluma at the moment on my back three. Mm. With uh, with Crichton in the in the bench, so yeah, managed to squeeze them all in. I've got a nice green jerseyed man sitting in my halves now, which I'm pretty excited about. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. managed to free up some dollary dues with that. But, um, yeah, mate, uh, it's obviously Storm here. Harry Grant has, sort of hasn't really played this preseason. I think they obviously they've know, they know the Storm know what they've got and they're trying to get some mileage out of Wishart, aren't they? Yeah, well, I guess because, you know, Harry's not going to be there for the first week of the season, so they're trying to get uh, the team that's going to be there round one prepared, I, I would su- uh, suppose. And, and Harry, you know, he's so talented. He doesn't really need it, does he? No, no, that's true. All right, mate. Uh, any fallers from the storm for you? Um, I mean, I guess other than Pappenhausen, not really. Um, like, was there anyone? I guess Christian Welch has been a little bit of a faller. Um, mm. Yeah, I've sort of gone off the boil on him. Yeah, his preseason performances haven't been you know overwhelming. Um, definitely not knocking the door down to get picked. Um, I, was, I was pretty high on him earlier in the preseason, but yeah, he, he's. Did you see he got announced as captain today? I didn't see that. No, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Him and Jesse Bromwich are joint captains this year. Mm. I thought it was going to be Munster for sure. Mm. Maybe a bit of bad blood there. Bellamy and Munster falling out. Heard it here. Yeah. First. Well, Matt, oh, mate, I actually have a little bit of a. I actually have a little bit of a a theory here. Um, I actually think that Munster is a a, a definite chance to be a top two half this year. Ooh, interesting. What's your reasoning? Yeah. I just think so when I did my when I did my shout out to my uh strength of schedule article, I did I think it was the first ever article that we posted on the website. We did our strength of schedule analysis and Munster was one player. He was the only player that significantly bucked the trend. So mm. it was consistent that uh players who played against bottom six teams scored significantly better than play, players who played against top six teams. So the only player that uh, bucked that trend was Munster, who averaged 64.6 against top six teams, but only 51.6 against bottom six teams. Interesting. Whereas every other player, so Moses was almost a direct inverse of that. It was 52.6 against top six and 63.6 against bottom six. Um Payne Haas, 63 against top six, 69.8 against bottom six. James Tedesco, 49.1 against top six, 75.5 against bottom six. You know, so even, um, you know, Crichton, 52.8 to 71. You know, whereas Munster was the only one that really bucked that trend. And, yeah, it was minus 13 against bottom teams. <laughs> so yeah. what I what my thoughts are, this is my thing is, I, the, so what I wrote is, the outlier here is Cameron Munster, who seems to take his foot off the accelerator in inverted commas against bottom teams and give the reins to Hughes, who showed a plus 7.5 with, while Munster was showing his minus 13. Talk about stepping up in the clutch. Ultimately, we need to put this down to the personality of Munster as the new leader of the storm and recognize it as an exception to the rule. So mm-hmm. when I wrote that, I was talking about trying to emphasize this early strength of schedule, but thinking back on that, Munster, like, 
I don't, I've never met the bloke. I've never said a word to him. He seems like the sort of guy who just would muck around in games that he knew he was going to win. But, you know, he always plays well in origin, you know, and, and you know, in the big games, he's the guy for Melbourne. Yeah, just the definition of a big game player, isn't he? Yeah. I want, he's the inverse. He's the anti-Moses in a way and <laughs> or the anti-Gutho. But, you know, he... Oh, he's on his booze ban. You know, they're talking about having him, you know, be somebody who's, you know, significantly matured. I wonder if it's the case that he will simply uh, eliminate all of those games where he just doesn't give a shit mm. and he'll consistently be that top six, you know, versus the top six guy. Like maturity. Yeah. Well, that's his, because that's where it is. It's, you know, he takes a little bit more kicking, takes a little bit more responsibility, runs a bit harder, tackles a bit more, you know, and it's all just, it's all just tied into his personality. And it's, and I can't, I don't know how to quantify this. And I, I, but like, if you look at his just games against top four sides, you know, across his career, you know, I think you'll find at half like there was one game here he played against the Rabbitohs where he had a low score but he's got a lot of pretty pretty sort of good scores in there um and especially more recently like you know his floor in 2021 against top four sides was a 45 against the Rabbitohs um but you know everything aside from that was you know 70 60 50 so you know it's I don't know it's just it's just a little it's just a little thought that I have you know Hmm. interesting I like it yeah so maybe Maybe I'm not. I'm not saying go out and buy him, but yeah, you know, I. It's my, I won't be shocked if it happens. Um, all right, Warriors. Uh, obviously, the riser for me has to be obviously the centre that cash cow that we didn't know we were going to get, <laughs> assuming that he gets named and um and Eli Katoa. Uh, have you have you done any research on Vilea or not really? No, I don't really know anything about him um, other than, you know, he's 240K, so I, I just sort of figured mm. what more do I need to know when he's playing centre other than, you know, wing it can be a little bit more dicey, but usually centres they tend to uh, tend to get more base stats just in the name of tackles. Like I've seen his um, his reserve grade stats at centre. Right, bring them up. So he played what three, five, about ten games last year at centre um, in reserve grade. Put up a thirty-four average in in eighty minutes, which is I don't know sounds perfect to me for a, a bloke with a nineteen break even. Yeah, no, exactly right. He's uh in the talking league interview with Justin Morgan. He's they said that he's the fastest player at the club. Ooh, exciting! So yeah, looks a attacking attacking weapon for them. Um, I think he's a perfect guy to sit in year 20 or 21. Mm. Uh, we've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches in the centres and, yeah, just sort of sit, sit there, let him sit down there and score some tries and, and slowly churn his price up. And, you know, if you get a break glass in terms of emergency situation, you need to plug him in, I, don't, I think he'll be okay. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What do you think about, I mean, my biggest faller here is Rocco Berry. Uh, mm. I mean, he's... He hasn't really fallen. I just, you know, did you? What did you think about my Joseph Manu take? Because I, I don't think the boys liked it. But well, they did like that you were comparing him to Manu. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen that much from him. Like he hasn't played that much. Um, like he had a like a handful of first grade games last year. Um, got injured, I think, twice um, during those games. So. 
look, I, I don't know. Like, it, it wouldn't shock me. It's just, it wouldn't shock me to see him do well. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of the Warriors boys, you know, our Warriors fans have big raps on him and, you know, he, mm. he could certainly be a, a good fantasy asset. Um, just with, like you were talking about, the, you know, the embarrassment of riches we've got at centre, priced at 29. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, he's one I'm just happy to let through to the keeper. If he was, you know, 50K cheaper, um, I'd be taking a serious look at him, but you know, oh, priced to 20, yeah. 29, you know, you're going to want him to be averaging about 38 at least um, mm. compared to the other options around, you know? Yeah. Well, I like, and that was my point is, you know, if you compare the, compare the style of player that he is versus say somebody like a Will Pedersini, for example, right? So Rocco Berry plays very similarly to Manu in the fact that if he wasn't a center, he'd be a fullback or a five, eight, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, you know, he'll set up tries, um, but I don't think he's a base stat, dirty run, tackle bust, tackling, you know, type of type of player. You know, he looks really good. Like you look at him and go, he's a good player. But mm. Manu's best season at quote unquote center, his average is like 37 point something. You know, it's the games that he plays at 5'8 or at fullback or whatever that boost him up to that higher average. Even last year with the points on steroids, his average was 37.8 in the games he played at centre. Yeah. So, you know, if you think Rocco Berry is just as good as Joseph Manu, he might have 10 points of value. But odds on, he's going to take a couple of years to mature. And I can see Berry being like 33, 34 average. And he'll look really good and he'll be a good player for the Warriors and he'll set up a lot of tries. But I think he's going to give you some 12s and 15s and 9, you know, in there, particularly if they have a, you know, a couple of tough games. I know they play the Cowboys juggernaut pretty early, which is going to be a tough one for them. So, uh, but no, in all seriousness, whereas when you look at guys like, say, you know, you look at Penasini and he's more of a, Katoni Staggs, you know, Jesse Ramian, you know, even a Campbell Graham, like that sort of, if he wasn't a center, he'd be a back rower. Yeah. You know, Bradman Best, you know, that's that's sort of the the, the archetype, which, you know, is, it lends itself more to, you know, he's, he's basically his worst case scenario is like Justin Olam, you know, mm. really, you know, and I think that's just a lot better for, for fantasy in terms of your base stat and consistent scoring and price rises. So, yeah, that's that's why I prefer Penasini. I know the jewel's good. Oh, yes. If I was going to drop one of Penasini or Crichton to make way for Berry to be Crichton, um, but I think with Crichton he's got the upside of, you know, if you know he might get moved to fullback or, you know, if the um, if Cleary was down for three or four weeks, he'd get goal kicking and that would give him a little bit of a boost. You know, you might need to get him to the point where you're going to sell him. And you know that Stephen Crichton is in the team. Whereas the way that Justin Morgan spoke about Barry and Vilea, he said basically something to the effect of, we hope one of them can become a long-term centre. Not we're expecting both of them to be in the team the whole year. So, and it didn't sound like he was preferring one to the other. It was like these are the two players and they're very different. Vilea is more the... Penasini, you know, but like fast. And then, yeah, and Berry's the more the Manu, you know, setting up tries type type of guy. So, you know, they offer very different things, which is what you need for a football team. But for fantasy, we know which style's better. Yep. So, so yeah, that's my thoughts. And I've probably spoken about him too long. <laughs> uh, what about you, mate? Any worries? Um, just just the obvious ones are here, I think. You know, Katoa, Aiken, the two edge back rowers look the uh... – Look the standout buys other than Vallejo. Um Yeah, um, yep. you know, 
I think uh, they speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah, mate, they've, they've been mainstays in my team for the last couple of weeks now. No you, interest uh, any, in either of them. Any worries about Katoa not playing 80? No. Okay. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he might he might play 70. It doesn't matter, actually. Okay. Yeah, doesn't worry me. So uh, big, uh, big, ben, big Ben's playing in the middle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. or in reserve grade. Yeah, Fair he enough. doesn't worry. If I'm worried about Ben Murdoch Masilla, I've got much bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, Newcastle, obviously, uh, yeah. Early season rise of Chris Randall, mate. We've had a bit of a furore on the Facebook group today with, with Newcastle, mate. D- defend Kurt Mann to me. What do you mean defend him? He doesn't need defending. You need to defend your take. <laughs> Why do I need to defend? I'm just saying he might be Tyrone Peachy and not Connor Watson. That's all I'm saying. See, I don't, I don't think he's either. Can you based... tell me definitively that he is not Tyrone Peachy? Well, yes, because, I mean, if you look at Peachy's stats, he's very ill-disciplined. He misses a lot of tackles. He commits a lot of penalties and errors. I don't think he mans that type of player compared to, say, Connor Watson. But um, I don't think, man, after watching the two preseason games, I don't think he's going to be either Peachy or Watson. Like, he's not playing that role. Um, It seems quite clear now with Mitchell Pearce gone um, and Adam Clune and Jay Clifford, you know, like those are two... um, Relatively inexperienced uh, first-grade halves... um, but you know they're not. Neither of them are the you know your star halfback like Mitchell Pearce was. It it appears to me that um, and you know Daniel Tui, um, our, our friend in the in the group, was saying the exact same thing um, that Kurt Mann's going to be playing that first receiver role, almost like a third half, similar to you know Victor Radley. And I, I think he's going to be in that role. Um, I'd be surprised if he plays under fifty minutes. Um, you know, I'm I'm sort of with Dan. I, I think he's going to be in a sixty minute role. All right. So if Victor Radley was 472K, would you buy him? Um, I mean, and he played for the Knights. Probably that, that would put him at... Uh, yeah, but again, like Radley's ill-disciplined. You know, it, that's that's the difference. You know, that's where you lose your points. Um, and like Radley's also not much of a tackle buster. Like Kurt Mann is. Like, Radley averaged less than one tackle bus per game last year, averaged three missed tackles, averaged one penalty a game. In a year where we didn't have bloody penalties, he averaged one penalty a game, you know? <laughs> like That's actually impressive. It is. Yeah, you know, like, he, he's very ill-disciplined compared to Kurt Mann. I don't think Mann's going to have as many negatives as that. Okay. But you didn't answer my question. What's the question? If Radley was 472K and played for the Knights, would you buy him? Oh, jeez. Probably not, no. Okay. So what you're telling me is you believe that Kurt Mann is a better player than Victor Radley? A uh, better fantasy asset, yes. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, I'm just fishing for a headline here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kurt Mann is better. <laughs> I'm just fishing for something to burn you on. We, mate, we you are can a pro-Kurt Mann podcast, damn it. Kurt Mann and the mate, Warriors, that's a- what this podcast was built on. <laughs> I've got I've to gotta fire these bloody... Hard questions at you, mate, because you know well, the people. The people want it. They want to know that that we're you know we we because we're agreeing too much, mate. We've got to you know mix it up a little bit. Yeah, well, this is the one that's that's going to get us brawling, mate. Because look, honestly, I, I think Kurt Mann's floor is forty five. Like oh, that's where I oh, that's sort of where I've got him. Like forty four, forty five is like worst case in my mind, other than injury. Okay, you heard it first here. I'm not going to put my name on it. I will tell you right now, Kurt Mann is in my team. 
But that said, he's, you know, that said, but, if he if he if he isn't named at thirteen round one, it becomes a much more you know fifty fifty prospect because you know that duel adds a big part to it. I think he will be named at thirteen, but in case the Knights pull some Connor Watson shenanigans, um, you know, that yeah. could add a different element to it. Okay. Do you think that there's any danger that if Victor Radley played for the Knights, he would not be named in the 13? <laughs> no. Man's going to be at 13, mate. Okay, good. Just, mate, just commit. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. No one cares. Just just commit to it. Yeah. All right, mate. Best team in the NRL, undefeated, preseason winners, officially the preseason winners, the North Queensland juggernaut mother cowboys. Cowboys, Cowboys are my team and it's my dream to see him at the top. Mate, uh, cow- Cowboys, to the interview- <laughs> Cowboys, Dragons, Grand Final, book your tickets. Oh, mate, don't you worry about that. Mate, there, there, there's a Grand Final preview in round 25. <laughs> what is it? Cowboys, Panthers. Oh, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that yeah that's a you know they play the rabbitos they're gonna steamroll the rabbitos straight into a you know a, a grand final preview with the panthers in round twenty five no <laughs> mate in all seriousness though um, the risers from the cowboys has to be every single player in the team you know they've just been <laughs> they've been absolute jets all preseason plus forty two on the plus minus in two games they've been bucking the trend of the over under you know holding up everybody. Old flat track bullies, eels beat up on the on the Panthers, the lowly Panthers. But other than that, the Cowboys have just been absolutely on top of it. They put the tor- put the sword to the Broncos. And uh, mate, do you have any <laughs> any fantasy players of interest to you in the Cowboys team now? Uh, I mean, they're raw, but I'm sort of sort of waiting on um, you know team lists. Like I know a lot of people had their eyes on you know Lukey and Nanai. Um, and those are two I'll look at come team list, but it's yeah, it's just it's hard to know. Like given that it's like because Nano was named to start over Tom Gilbert in this in the second row in this Broncos trial until um, mm. he was ruled out on the day with illness. So yeah. I, I'm assuming it's going to be Lukey and Nano, which would you know it would probably put Nano in my side. Lukey, I'm still a question marks over whether he's going to play 80 if that's the case. Um, yep. Outside of that, um, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of fantasy interest here for me. I know, you know, you've had your, your bites at Hamaso and Tomalolo. How many Cowboys are you having in your team right now? Um, uh, right at this second, I have one. Okay. And it's Nanai. Um, I want to have Tomalolo, but I'm currently 3,000 short and I'm trying to work out where I'm going to get that from. Mm. So I don't want it to be you and Aiken to Jack Bird because that defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, I'll, I'll come back to it. I, I know where I can get it from, but I don't want to get it from there. So, um, mate, uh, yeah, I, I like Nanai. Lukey's been a big one for me. And so I listened to the Talking League podcast with uh, Chad Townsend. Mm-hmm. And, mate, I'm actually really excited. I'm, and I'm trying not to do it. I'm sitting here in my Cowboys jumper right now. And I do this every year. I get myself excited for the inevitable failure and, and devastation later in the year. Um, and I secretly, like, if you ask me where I think the Cowboys are going to finish on the ladder this year, I would say 14th. So I'm um, really, I'm not excited about them at all. But 
just the way that Chad was talking, he sort of sounds like they've been having lots of conversations about using players in their best possible way, which sounds like something really fucking obvious to me, but like it, it's, it's not something that they've been doing, but like, you know, Lukey is obviously a really good back rower. He's playing in the back row. Nanai is an obviously good back rower. They're playing him in the back row. They've got the, the old dudes, you know, they got Peter Hiku and, and Chad defending out on the right edge with, with Felty, which is going to be interesting. <laughs> Suspect there's going to be some gaping chasms out there um, with Nanai. Um, but Nanai hasn't signed his deal for next year, and the Cowboys are really trying hard to keep him. So I would be absolutely shocked if they did anything to, you know, upset that, um, you know, that that relationship. So I, I think that his job out on the edge there is pretty safe. The way they, the way that Chad spoke about Tom Gilbert was like it was something to the effect of, um, it's nice to have a guy coming off your bench that can play both positions in case of injury, is what he said. Hmm, interesting. So it wasn't like Gilbert's going to be on the edge. We've been working on our combination or anything like that. It was, you know, Nanai's been really good. He's soaking everything in. He's a natural player. Lukey's been really good in the preseason, blah, blah, blah. Gilbert, it'll be great to have somebody on the bench who can fill both positions. That was basically word for word what he said. And I was like, okay, you know, that seems really like definitive to me and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I really think um, Nanai is a buy, and I think even Lukey potentially could be uh, as well. So, you know, Lukey, I think is, you know, I think Nanai is a 38 to 41 average, somewhere in there, and I think mm. Lukey is a 44 to 47 average. But Lukey's definitely got the upside. If I If you told me one of the Cowboys' edge back rowers ended up being an absolute gun fantasy asset, I'd say it's Lukey. It has to be yeah. Loki. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody with that sort of upside, but then I would absolutely just direct you to Eli Katoa, you know, for 30 grand less as well. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is Lukey's probably not a buy, but it wouldn't shock me if he's – he'll definitely be a better fantasy asset, but value-wise, I think it's Nanai. But, you know, it makes me want to go Tamalolo more, you know, this, this you know, performance because I think if everybody's working right and, and you can see the the difference and I don't want this to be a Cowboys podcast and I've got to go to basketball in about 10 minutes uh, you can see the difference in the attitude in terms of the grit and I just I really want to see him go well but I mean in short I'm I'm off Hamso uh, and I'm focusing on you know Nanai and then that's and Tamalolo and I think that's it for the Cowboys I like it yeah Parramatta Will Persini looks good. Uh, Sean Russell, <laughs> I'm not so excited about him. Yeah, he, he looks like you. You know, you're basically the same as Bailey Simonson. You know, like just yeah. a, a mid twenty sort of winger. Just yeah, yeah. Don't touch generic winger B. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's a very strong chance. It sounds like they're going to get Jermaine Asako. Uh, it doesn't sound very strong, but I think it is. I think it's going to happen because I mean the Bron- heaven knows the Broncos don't want him. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jermaine Asako coming in sooner rather than later and everybody starting with Russell is going to be disappointed. Uh, he's someone I've considered, but I think I'm going to firm myself away from that uh, and just steal my mind towards that not happening. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, the other one for me I'm really interested in is Junior Paulo. Have you had much of a chance to look at him since we spoke about him the other day? 
That's all. I, yeah, I had a brief look. I had a look at his 2020 stats, and I can see why you're interested. I'm, I'm assuming that's uh, what's got you involved. Yes. Mm. I, th- I think he, eye test-wise, he took a step in between 2019 and 2020. Yep. You know, fitness-wise, he lost a bunch of weight. He got comfortable playing that higher minutes. Obviously, the Eels made it an effort to offload more, and God knows he can offload because he's so gigantic. You can't wrap your arms around him. So, I mean, yeah, uh, he's been he's been locked into my team for the last week. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just a little bit. Um, I'm not sure just because, like, you know, like 2020 seems like the outlier to me. You know, like yeah. he hasn't he hasn't done it any other year. So you know, I guess you're. You're hoping, you know, he returns to that versus, like, say, like a Jake DeRoyevic, for example, that we've been talking about a lot. Um, sure. You know, prior, prior to last year, like, every single season had been, like, that mid-50s versus, like, this mm-hmm. one. You know, like, if you look at 2019, I know you're saying he's, he's taken a jump and if you're basing on that, you know, fair enough. Um, but, like, his 2019 season, like, PPM-wise is very similar to his 2021 season. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe with the change in rules, he returns to that 2020 uh, PPM. I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm just a little bit nervous about it at five hundred seventy thousand. Oh, you could you definitely have right to be nervous about it for sure. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, I've got a good feeling about it, and I mean yeah, I, I, that would be that was the area I was saying I don't know where I can get cash from, like go from him down to an arrow or a Stefano. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's sort of I think I think he is a tier, like he's you know I think that. What happened in 2019, obviously, he got asked to play bigger minutes, but he was gassed. And then 2020 sort of got used to it, fit, you know, fitting the play style. And then 2021, he was gassed again and the game didn't suit him. So, you know, what we're talking about is 30 metres a game and a tackle bust is the difference between the two. Yeah. You know, or an offload. It's, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's the difference between taking that hit up or not taking that hit up one every 20 minutes when you're tired. Hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think he's a. I actually think he's a, a genuinely really good pot option at four point three percent. So, no, I can I can uh, see it. I'm just uh, I'm just not sure if I'm there. But uh, if I if I get a rush no. of blood, I might join you. Okay, lovely. I'd love to have that. I'd love to have you on Team Paulo, mate. Any other eels? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no. All right, talk me yeah. through the Panthers. Um, well, obviously the standout options here are the centers. Uh, Stephen Crichton, Isaac Targo seem to be the most popular options in everyone's team. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, sort of slam dunks. I've still got no idea why Stephen Crichton's break even is so low. He averaged 35 last year and he somehow ended up with a 28 break even. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I guess, you know, Nathan Cleary, the, the, the chin is the big one. If, if, does he play round one? If he does, are you going to have him in your team or not? I know you've been tempted to go back to the dark side like last year. Yeah, no and no. Well, sorry, yes and no. I think he is going to play run round one, but no, I won't start with him, even if he does. Interesting. I've I've steeled my mind to it. <laughs> I refuse. Doing... I refuse to do it. I'm here repeating. for the brand. No Cleary brand. Repeating last year, I like it, mate. I, I've got to stick to my convictions. I was I was right too many times last year on ones that I ignored, and I was wrong on the ones like you know there was that was that one. Him and Zaccini were my two big ones last year. But pretty much everything else, I was, I was on the right track about, and I, I've just got a really strong opinion on this, and I'm going to stick to it. So, I'd like to do a. I'd I'd love it if you start with him, because that would be a really good, you know, 
we'll, it'll be, you know, I know we obviously were riding the emotions of the having versus not having last year. So it'd be good to good for the good for the brand, I think. But mate, I'm not going to tell you how to structure your team. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anyone else in the Panthers, or do we move on to Souths? No, nah, mate. I can move along. Souths is I don't have I've got Ilias on my team, but I I'm I'm viewing him more and more as somebody who's not necessary. Uh, I mean, I, you know, necessary is a interesting word. I, I, word. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's a buy. Like I've I, I've had him in my side over Amone basically all preseason, um, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think he's a solid buy. Like he's, you know, I, I think that the oh, worst I'm not case saying here he's is, not. That's yeah. yeah. The worst case here is sort of you know mid thirties um, with upside into the forties there if you can put on some attacking plays. Um, but yeah, he's a, he'll be a good cash cow, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I I think you know your absolute low end is a thirty two, thirty three, you know Adam Clune style player. But yeah, you know that's your that's your low end. I think just the reason why I bring it up is now we've got Billy Walters, Brad Schneider, you know Sexton and Hines. You know, do you need Amone and Ilias? Ilias, I don't know. Just it's got bad vibes about him, eh? I've had really? him on my team the whole time, and he's still in there right now. Like he's, I'm still looking. I'm looking at him, and he's the of everybody that's sitting on my team. He's the one that makes me the least comfortable. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just he's a he's a starting halfback at 300k. Like I don't want to overthink it either, which is why I've left him in my team because I don't want to make that mistake and just miss a really obvious cash cow. So. Yeah. I think he's got to be in. He's got to be in there, but I don't know if he's necessary. Is kind of more what I'm getting at. But outside of that, this Rabbitohs team's pretty unexciting, aside from potentially Jai Arrow. And I mean, obviously, if you want to go for Damian Cook in the hooker spot, yeah, and even Arrow, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. Like I, I'm sort of thinking he's going to average about fifty, which you know is some upside there. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just one of those ones. If you think there's enough or not, yeah. I mean, if you think he's just going to average fifty, then just go for Kurt Mann at you know, 70K less or 80K less or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Dragons, obviously we touched on Amone. He's another one I think he's fine to buy but not necessary. Yeah. I haven't had him in my side all year. Just the lack of base stats really worries me there. I know, like I've heard a couple of people compare him to Dylan Brown. If he turns out Mm -hmm. that way, he'll be a great cash cow. Um, I'm just, yeah, I I think the difference is Dylan Brown was actually playing in a, in a, Solid side, um, you know. If, if the if our predictions for the dragons come true and they're a bottom four side, uh, yeah, with a player getting no base stats, um, yeah, he, he doesn't excite me. No, I, mate, we're, we're gonna stop bringing that up. Clinton's getting upset. He reckons he's gone through and taken all the recordings from the podcasts of all the times that I've said the dragons are gonna come last, and he's saving them up for me for when they come fifteenth instead of sixteenth, so he can bring them back to me. He could have done that last year too. <laughs> It's like, oh, see, they didn't come last. They came 14th in a tie. It's like, yeah, that's still shit, mate. <laughs> Wind up, yeah. Mate, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. The Cowboys are down the bottom as well. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. I'll hold your hand. We'll we'll have a pity party together. Uh, and then Jack Bird, obviously, is the other one. You can buy him if you want or not. I don't care. Yep. Yeah. Roosters, um, I'm kind of half tempted if Pappy doesn't play to just pay 60 grand and get Teddy. 
Yeah, um, I, I saw you write up on our on our website. You sort of updated it. Um, why? I'll just lock it in. You yeah, know, fair enough. Yeah, yeah he's not going to be yeah. bad. Yeah, I just don't I really don't like any of the other wing fullback options. Yeah, no, fair enough. He, I mean, I don't see much value in Teddy, but he's he's going to be a keeper. You know, no, it's like two points maybe. Yeah, know, it's like paid Haas, really. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, with Crichton, like you got. Hines, Norfoluma, Pappenhausen, and Crichton is the four guys in my team as wing fullbacks at the moment. I don't like any other player that's eligible wing fullback to start the year. Yeah, Not a single I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I really don't like so the position this year. If if you need to have four and you lose any one of those guys and the most likely candidate at the moment is Pappenhausen, Pappenhausen drops out. Hmm. The only other player I want in wing fullbacks, Teddy. Yeah, fair enough. I can't that's blame why. you. Can't blame you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, solid reasoning. Yeah, I mean, if Latrell was playing week one, maybe it would be Latrell. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, it would be Latrell. Yeah, but absolutely. I'd have him. <laughs> yeah, we need him. Is he playing week two now? Is that yeah, it? He's playing Is round he two. Three? He's playing round two now. Oh man, do I just like do I start with Latrell if Pappenhausen's out, and just like roll the double, the double yeah. red dot Grant Latrell or? Oh man, maybe I could do that. I mean, if you got like, if you're plugging Ilias and Walters in, oh, sorry, like Crichton, yeah, and Ilias in or something like that as you as you're sixteen, seventeen, like you you're losing what, you know, fifty points week one or something like that. Mm. But you're starting with a much better team than you know getting somebody like you know you could lose like you know starting instead of Pappenhausen like starting with somebody that's significantly inferior, you know, and same with Grant like. You know, starting with somebody, you know, you could lose fifty points in three weeks or one week if if they if Melbourne have a big game and they've got such a soft schedule to start the year. Like, you know, really that one one early round where you lost fifty points between the two of them could be absolutely nothing. So, yeah. particularly if your your cheapies have a good game that first week. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. All right, anyone in the roosters though at all? I've got nobody. I've got no roosters. Yeah, me either. I'd... It doesn't seem like Momorowski's going to get the goal kicking. Um, you know, no. if by some miracle Kieran's not in the side round one, then maybe he's worth a look. But yeah, other than that, I'd, there's there's a bunch of keepers in this sides. Just yeah, not many, no no cash cows or anything yep. like that. Yep. No. Nah. So biggest faller for me, obviously, is is Momorowski for sure. And and there's not really anyone that's particularly risen. It's kind of you know mm. play on. But yeah, par for the cause at the Roosters. Yep. Um, West Tigers to finish us out, mate. Uh, is Peachy a rise or a fall? I don't know. Uh, I guess a riser. He's, like he, he seems like he's going to. I don't think so. No, but it seems like he's going to be playing a bigger role than I, I expected. So I guess he's a riser in that regard. But um, I, I don't think he's a buy. All right. So obviously we got Tui Luggy there um, on the edge. Who, assuming he's named week one, is a is a must. I would suggest. Uh, yep. Is there any other Tigers? Oh, and Nofaluma. Obviously, mm. fantasy fantasy gun, future 50-plus average winger, North Luma. <laughs> um, I guess Stefano's the other one. Um, a lot of people will have him. Is he a side. riser or a faller? Uh, I think after week one of the trial, he was a faller, but since then he's been a riser, hasn't he? <laughs> what did we say about one-game sample sizes? Oh, people love them. They do, <laughs> mate. What about if you got a two-game sample size with one game that's bad and one game that's good? Is that bad or is that good? <laughs> I think that's just uh, refer to the stats and what you know. Yeah, go back to what you were doing before. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I could take or leave Stefano. I'm, ha- mm. I'm, I'm absolutely sure I'm going to end up having to choose between Stefano and Arrow for one spot. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Stefano's a funny one. Like, I, I do really like him. I'm just I'm just not sure he's going to get the minutes with bloody Peachy there, stealing middle minutes and, yeah, often Gowie on the bench, McKaylee, Seyfarth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it scares me a little bit. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. I think it's uh, Tuolagi and then Nofaluma, if you believe or not, and I think that's it for the Tigers. What do you reckon? Yeah, done. Yeah, good stuff. All right, mate. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight. Obviously, we're going to be plugging in for a Team List Tuesday podcast on Team List Tuesday. Um, that goes without saying. It'll probably get released um, Tuesday night, I'm hoping, if not first thing Wednesday morning, or or maybe I just won't release it at all and you guys can bloody work out your own teams. <laughs> <laughs> mate, the crack addicts that are our listeners, they need it. They do need it, mate. And, um, you know, obviously shout out to uh, overall league. If you're not in the overall league, please join that. Well, actually, I don't care if you join. It just means you might miss out on the Trident voucher. Um, And also, obviously, shout out to Punt Club who are awesomely sponsoring us. And, um, yeah, so the Punt Club overall league first prize, $150 Trident voucher. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, we'll make sure you jump in. I was assuming that you're able to gamble responsibly and – you can, if you trust Ryan and I with our fantasy advice, and you know you probably do if you bothered to listen to this podcast for sixty-five minutes, and you probably trust us to maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, win you a little bit of money as well. But we'll see how we go. We you know, obviously no promise here, but uh, we'll 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 give it a, a red hot red hot go. So yeah, until uh, until Teamless Tuesday, it's been a pleasure, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys.